everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Different Strokes to Move the World, a Different Strokes podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you Season 1, Episode 2, entitled The Social Worker, which aired on November 10th, 1978. In this episode, a social worker investigates the boys', the boys home life and tells Mr. Drummond that she believes black children belong in black households. When Drummond tells this to Mrs. Garrett while she is vacuuming the living room, Arnold overhears this and comes to the conclusion that he doesn't want them around, he and Willis around anymore. This episode's got a 7.5 out of 10, based on 67 ratings. We have Ellen Travolta. J.A. Preston, so Ellen Travolta as Miss Amesley, J.A. Preston as Mr. Thompson, and Fran Bennett as Mrs. Thompson. This episode was directed by Herbert Kenwith, writers Bud Grossman, Bernie Kukoff, and Jeff Harris. She is the sister, Ellen Travolta is the sister of John Travolta, Joey Travolta, Sam Travolta, Margaret Travolta, and Anne Travolta. She has played Scott Baio's mother in the sitcoms Happy Days and Joni Loves Chachi and Charles in Charge. So in the pilot episode, we saw Willis and Arnold moving in. Basically, that was their first day at Philip Drummond's new place, which would later be their place. And we met Kimberly. We met the new housekeeper, Mrs. Garrett. Now it seems like we have another hurdle to try for the boys to jump over, which is... The meeting with the social worker, usually I can imagine that's what happens when it comes to either foster families or children that have been placed in a new home. Social worker's got to come in, make sure everything's good, the family's getting along, that it's a good fit, and their needs are being met and everything like that. Now, granted, like I said, this is 1978, and I'll... A lot of the things in this show, especially in the first few seasons, are going to deal with the issue of race, which it can't not because the boys are black and Drummond is white. And it's definitely a major clash of cultures and not just cultures and race, but also wealth and poverty. You know, both Philip and the boys are going to have to learn how to work with each other. When it comes to a lot of these issues coming up. So we come out of the intro. We're in Willis and Arnold's room. And Mrs. Garrett is just doing what she's got to do. You know, doing the boys' laundry. Going to put the boys' clothes away because they're on hangers. Opens the closet door and boom, out pops Arnold. He's like a little monster. Scared ya. So I'm trying to think how much time have the boys been there. I'm going to say anywhere from maybe two weeks to a month. Let's settle on in between that. Maybe, I think more than likely we will get a timestamp as far as how long the boys have been there. Because Mrs. Garrett is all like, Arnold, what have we told you about jumping out of places and scaring people? Because she's like, what are you doing? Because her hand is like to her chest like you almost gave me a heart attack. He's like scaring the buns off you. And of course we get a big laugh because Gary Coleman is adorable and he's got some of the best lines. I want to play this clip. It's so cute. I love that Mrs. Garrett and Arnold just have such a great repertoire together. They get along so great. See, isn't she happy she stayed on as the housekeeper? 
If you hadn't, you wouldn't have been able to, you know, hang out with, with Arnold and, and Willis and just all become a family. And they've all kind of gotten their routine down pat kind of in the last, like, what, couple weeks to a month since they've been there. So, cool. They're all getting used to each other's, you know, habits and Arnold jumping out of closets and hiding places and scaring people because he's nine years old. <laughs> He jumped. Got him. <laughs> so Philip comes up calling for Willis and Arnold. Oh, here we go. Arnold's going to try behind the curtains. Um, I think that the curtains aren't going to go all the way down to his feet. So I think this one, this little hide sneak jump out is going to be a dud. It ain't going to work. not the first time that Arnold has done this. Philip comes in. 
It's like, why are the drapes closed? It's such a nice day. He goes to open them, and out pops Arnold. And of course, just like Mrs. Garrett, Philip grabs and is like, oh my gosh, Arnold, this is like the second time you've done this in like two weeks. You gotta stop scaring people. So he does tell the boys the social worker is going to come for a visit just to check up on things, see how we're doing. It would be nice if you told her that you're happy here, that you like it here, that you don't see yourself wanting to go anywhere else. And Willis, of course, brings up Harlem. Like, yeah, except for Harlem. And, of course, um, Arnold's like, you know what I like about Harlem? The fact that I'm not there. <laughs> He's like, I just want to, about this place, I would just love to die here and be buried here. He just never wants to leave. So Arnold, or Willis, of course, he's missing his friends, which I get it. I mean, I don't know how the distance between Harlem and Park Avenue. It's probably a bit. And Philip's like, hey, you do good today with the social worker. I'll buy you a whole new set of friends. Like, why don't you just take him up to Harlem so he can visit once in a while? But we will get an episode about that where um, Willis's friends are going to come up to Park Avenue. It doesn't go well at first, which, of course, we can imagine. I told the boys to get ready. The social worker will be here any minute. Of course, come down to breakfast. So now we're going to be in the kitchen. So Miss Amesley comes in. Of course, Philip makes the mistake. Uh, Mistake of calling her Mrs. And she turns and looks at him like, no, it's Miss. Because he's like, can I offer you a drink? And she's like, I never drink on the job. Like, uh, of course you don't. <laughs> so she is really scrutinized. Like, as soon as she walks in the door, she's got her eyes are, like, going everywhere, checking out the place. Of course, now that Philip brought up, hey, would you like a drink? She looks at him like, do you drink, Mr. Dur uh, I almost call him Mr. Dursley from Harry Potter. Mr. Drummond, and of course, Philip's like, no, no, never. I swear, at one point in the show, I don't know when it happens, and whether, when I was originally watching it, and whether I just didn't see it until, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's there, it's like, there's like a cart of liquor just in the middle of the room, and I'm just like, and it always seemed like that was the case with, like, soap operas. There'd always be, like, a, a little, like, cart or little area that had, like, a bunch of different types of liquor in glass bottles and what have you. So she is really trying to suss out uh, Philip and just, like, do you drink? Like, you can see a social worker is not going to be put off by the fancy house and knickknacks and furniture and everything like that. Of course, she's still, I mean, she is scrutinizing him with an eagle eye. And she's like, of course, now the children. And he's like, yes, boys, come down here. And of course, right away, Willis and Arnold, I get that they want to show that they're happy and they want to be there and everything. But they put their, they come on a bit too strong, like really energetic bubbly and it's like kind of like boys can you kind of like uh tone it down just a smidge <laughs> like, i want you to show that you're happy here but please let's not be like bouncing off the walls happy take it down a notch i mean they are skipping down those steps willis and arnold like their arms intertwined like da 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 we're going down the 
yellow brick road type of thing. <laughs> They're holding hands and skipping. Sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Travis. Yeah, we have the act boys. But we're up there counting our blessings. I bet. Boys, there is someone here I want you to meet. This is Arnold. This is Willis Jackson. Boys, this is Ms. Ainsley, social worker who's come to pay our happy home a visit. How do you do? I'm Happy Willis. <laughs> Delirious Arnold. <laughs> You're Arnold? You're Willis? Yes, ma'am. We also got a happy goldfish named Abraham. And he's the only goldfish we ever saw laugh. <laughs> happy children making happy jokes. So you boys are really happy living here. If this was heaven, I'd kill myself tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Love that. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. It's amazing just how many lines I give to Carrie Coleman, and it's just, just some, the witty, it's like he's firing on all cylinders. So the kids are really laying it on thick that they're happy, and clearly, I mean, this lady could probably see that it's an act.
of course, we get a name drop for Abraham the goldfish. Like, oh, we also have a very heavy goldfish named Abraham. <laughs> so she is really trying to figure out if they're actually... Clearly she can see through them. They're just putting on airs. They're putting on an act. She's like, are you really happy here? And Arnold just looks at her like... If this were heaven, I'd kill myself tomorrow. He's just, those lines are just gold that the writers are giving him. They know what they have with Gary Coleman. Of course, just like they were saying upstairs, like, oh, we'll call you a real cool dude. And that's exactly what Willis does going over to Philip and putting an arm on his shoulder. Like, hey, he happens to be a real cool dude. Of course, she says you kids have a lovely home to live in. And Arnold, like, taps her on the shoulder and says... Confidentially, the man is loaded. L-O-D-I-D. <laughs> like, oh, he can't spell loaded, but whatever. So like I said, the kids are really laying it on thick. And of course, she kind of has Willis and Arnold like, get closer. She's like, are you kids really happy here? And the question she's asking, like, oh, you don't, like, have you ever lived in a white neighborhood before? And Willis is like, well, once when our landlord painted our building white. And she's like, well, don't you ever miss, you know, being around black kids. And I was like, if I wanted to see a black kid my age, I'd just stare in the mirror. It's like, I kind of get what she's trying to suss out here with the kids. Like, she's trying to... She's already got it determined in her head, like, no, black kids should be with black families, and this is not right, and because it's 1978 and everything like that. But she's trying to get the kids to agree to that, so she can just, she's looking for an excuse to take them and say, we really feel maybe that it would be best for the boys to be and grow up in a black household. And it's like, uh, lady's racist. She also gives them her card in case they need to get a hold of her for any reason. And Arnold's like, well, yeah, if you're ever not doing anything, you want to hang with us, just give us a jingle. We even have a car, a phone in the car. How wild is that? And then Philip's like, well, you boys go listen to, you know, your classical music, your Peter and the Wolf and your sugar plum fairies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go like, oh yeah, those are our favorites. Like, oh boy. As soon as the boys are out of the room, she is on Philip like a dog on a bone. Because she feels like he coached them into saying all of that. It's just so polished and rehearsed. Yeah. Like, she's like, I can see right through you. Yes. <laughs> and you've coached them very well. <laughs>
Yeah, she's the whole thing like, oh, in my profession where I see white kids do better in white families and black kids do well in black families. Or, like, and she's all like, well, money sure does buy happiness. Like, basically, you're buying these kids off. And it's like, no, no, no. Because she does bring up Kimberly. And he's like, yes, my daughter's at boarding school, but she comes home on the weekend, you know, to keep me from using the phone. Tries to make a joke. It doesn't land. And it's just like, this lady, she's got an agenda, and I don't like it. She, honestly, this lady needs to be put in her place. I don't care if she's a government official. It's like, uh, your standards, your practices... Families are made up of all kinds of people. Luckily, the lady leaves, and on the other side of the door, Philip just breathes like, oh, I think I, I can breathe again. I'm going to play this clip here as Philip is talking to. This is the most worst time. You ever want to talk to someone? Don't do it while they're vacuuming. It's also a trope where the person is trying to tell someone who's vacuuming, and then they are shouting, and then that's when the vacuum cuts off. And, yeah, so Arnold is going to hear what the social worker said. However, he comes in after the social worker is mentioned and just hears black kids should be with black families. That's all he hears, and right away he is like, whoa, 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 no, that's not... Yeah, it's almost like he, in his mind, is like, well, that pretty much sums it up for us. I guess you were right, Willis. We should go back to Harlem. He thinks that black kids should be with black families. He doesn't want us here anymore. It's like, my goodness gracious sake. How many times are we going to get the cut and run attitude from the kids? I mean, I get it. It was a mistaken, you know, he should have come in at the beginning of the conversation. Yes, it will get cleared up at the end, but still, it's just like, uh. The same thing, I mean, I love Punky Brewster, don't get me wrong, but a lot in the very beginning, it was like, Punky's like, oh, you don't want me here anymore, I'll leave. And, I mean, I get it, she has abandonment, is abandonment issues and stuff like that, so that's definitely warranted. But it's just like, he's proven that he wants you there. It's not about the money. He's helping out your mom, and he wants to take care of you and give you a good home, not just financially, but emotionally as well. So, you know, if you think about it, I mean, Phillips lost someone too. He lost his wife, and, you know, he was very attached to their mother and everything like that. She was. So I'm going to play this clip. Yeah, after hearing that, Arnold comes upstairs and he is just heartbroken. He's like, I thought that Mr. Drummond really cared about us. So he goes over to Willis, turns off his stereo, and I see that Willis is reading a Flash Gordon comic. He's like, Willis, sit up, we need to talk. And poor Arnold, he is in tears. So... At first, Arnold doesn't really want to talk. He's too upset. You know, he's blowing his nose. Willis jumps up on the top bunk next to him. Like, hey, what's up? Tell me what's going on. So Willis was like, 
Arnold, look, we've always been straight with each other, brother to brother. Now that Mama and Papa are gone, you know, we got to look out for one another. I like Willis here. He's like, Arnold, when you hurt, I hurt. So tell me what's going on. It's like, this is such a good brother moment. So Arnold tearfully tells Willis, I heard Mr. Garrett say that black children belong with a black family. It's like, ugh. Willis, of course, is a bit skeptical. It's like, are you sure you heard him say that? Why would he say something like that? Uh, yeah, Willis is just like, look, he likes us. It doesn't make sense that he would say something like that. He's gone out of his way to make us feel welcome. Of course, Willis says, you know, the one dude I thought that was colorblind. And Arnold's like, well, what are we going to do, Willis? And Willis is like, hey, I'm your big brother, all right? Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. pretend to like us and Willis says because I think we're the latest fat what does he say honky land which I guess is a term for white people so Arnold's like what's that mean and Willis says I think it means we better get out of here before he like puts him in, puts us in a jockey suit and puts us on the front lawn or something like that I, I'm not sure what that means of course Philip gets home he's happy he's joyous and, of course, Mrs. Garrett's like, wow, you're pretty happy. What's up with that? And he says, you know, I, it's a nice day. I had a great day at the office. You know, I got two great boys. I walked through Central Park without getting mugged. Mrs. Garrett makes a comment, you know, how Philip's jokes don't land. Like, oh, he's like, oh, it's a little joke. And she's like, well, when they're that little, you need a magnifying glass. <laughs> so Philip goes to call this call the boys for dinner and Mrs. Garrett lets them know that they've already eaten. They had pizza and beans. Okay. Pizza on that could be okay, think about that. Does that sound appetizing in any way? You got your pizza. Throw some baked beans on there. Definitely. Bush's baked beans. Would you eat that? I maybe might. 
You wouldn't even have to pay me. I would eat it just to try it. The boys went out and bought a pizza and some beans. They walked out on Mrs. Garrett's cooking. She's like, the only one who walked out on my cooking was my husband because he thought I tried to poison him or something. She laughed at that like, okay. So Philip decides to go up and have a talk with the boys, but not before Mrs. Garrett lets him know that the social worker called like three times. Well, that's urgent. I mean, if she called like three times just in that afternoon, like something's up. I'd be a bit concerned. And he's like, I wonder what she wants. And it's like, well, she probably wants a follow-up visit. And I don't think she was buying the whole rays of sunshine that were pouring out of Willis and Arnold's eyeballs. So he goes to call Miss Ainsley on the phone, and apparently she is bringing a black couple to the Drummond residence tomorrow. And of course, <laughs> Mrs. Garrett is like, oh, you're adopting two more children. <laughs> and Philip's like, no, actually quite the opposite. So he goes up to talk to the boys, like, okay, something's going on. Clearly, they probably called Miss Ainsley and thought, well, maybe we want to be placed with the black family. All right, so the boys are kind of waiting for Philip to come up there and talk to them. They figure he already knows about the social worker and the appointment that she's, you know, he's going to come to talk to them. Not so much really confront them. But just find out what's going on. Probably like, you know, I thought you were happy here. What's this? You want to be placed with, you know, a black family? Remember now. If you don't want to see her, we'll show them we don't care. Get out there. social worker this afternoon. Yeah, I had a chat with the lady. And just what did you tell her? I thought we'd be better off with a black family. In case you hadn't noticed, we're black. <laughs> but you were happy this morning. I mean, what's the problem? It's just that things ain't working out. You know, man, blacks belong with black and whites belong with white. Unless you happen to be a zebra. <laughs> Trust, and that's you and me, right? <laughs> 
though, Willis kind of goes over the game plan with Arnold real quick. Look, if he doesn't want us here, we'll pretend that we don't care either and we don't want to be here. So the boys are watching, like, the Native Americans warring with the white people. And drum, uh, Philip comes in. He turns the TV off. He's like, yeah, um, I heard you called a social worker, Willis. What's up with that? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I talked to the lady, yep. And he's like, can I ask why you did that? Because I thought you were happy here. And Willis is like, well, we decided that we want to be with a black family. And this is news to Philip because he's like, well, I thought this morning you were all happy. What What's going on? And he's like, well, just think that white kids belong in white families and black kids belong in black families. And really, there's... Really, no changing their minds. They're pretty set. And Philip's like, you know, I just, if that's what you want, I just, I want to do right by you boys. And, you know, I do love you. So he leaves. And Arnold and Willis are just like, you know, for someone who doesn't want us around, he's sure acting like he wants us to stay here. And they just figure, you know, the only two that they can, the boys can count on are each other. And Arnold's like, well, Sometimes I can't even count on you, or <laughs> your your big old question mark there, Willis. <laughs> so clearly, yes, this episode is based on one whole misunderstanding. You know, before Philip left, he's like, "There's a black couple coming to check you guys out tomorrow. So if that's what you guys really want, I'm not gonna stand in your way. I just want to see that you're happy, and I want you to know that I love you and I really care about you." So now we're in the kitchen. Philip's not eating. He really hasn't. He said, I haven't even slept a wink last night. I mean, I'm just thinking about those boys. He's really beat up over this. He doesn't want them to go. He loves them. Uh, yeah, he's kind of going to Mrs. Garrett for advice. Like, I don't understand. You know, why would they want to leave? And, you know, Mrs. Garrett's like, well, you can be a little overbearing. You can be a perfectionist and a bit demanding at times. I, I just asked for one thing. <laughs> So she, of course, gives him the good news. You know, you're kind and you're loving and you make, you make a wonderful father. I mean, she's seen how he was with Kimberly in that one scene that we got um, in the pilot episode. Yes, I mean, I agree. He definitely can be overbearing, you know, in the pilot episode with all the gifts and everything. I know that he wanted them to feel welcome, but he does kind of come on a little strong. But then maybe, again, it's his insecurity. Like, I really want them to like it here. I want them to like me. I want us to be able to get along and everything like that. <laughs> so she says, you know, the black couple's got to be something else if these boys would get up, give up all of this to and not want to live with you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's more than just that. So we see Miss Ainsley. She has the couple there. They're a nice, well-to-do couple. The lady is wearing a fur coat. Let's see how this goes with them and the boys, if they gel well, and uh, I think something is going to come out that's going to help lessen the muddled confusion between Drummond and the boys. If you're going to listen into something, you want to be there for the whole conversation and just not the last heart part of it. How do you do, Mr. Thompson? Mrs. Thompson? Hello. Please sit down. Thank you. Charming 
advice you have here, Drummond. Thank you, Thompson. It reminds me of our little flat in London. Your little flat? Oh, our main home's on Long Island. We use the London place just for weekends. <laughs> May I ask uh, what line of business you're in, Mr. Thompson? Well, you know all the oil the Arabs have. Yes. Someone has to sell them the barrels. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Yes, of course. Willis! Arnold! Would you come down here, please? They're all dressed and ready to leave. Thompson. They're a very nice well-to-do couple. His line of work is in oil. He's the one that makes oil drums and 
they have a flat in London they go to on the on the weekends. They are definitely financially well off, majorly financially well off, which is good. The boys come down. They are already. Willis definitely. He's got a suitcase packed with his and Arnold's things. Arnold's got Abraham. They're all ready to scoot out the door. Of course, Mrs. Thompson, just look at these boys. I just, oh, I love them. I can't wait to get them home. We'll be such a nice, happy family. And then we overhear Mrs. Ainsley tell Drummond, tell Philip, see, it's just like I told you, Mr. Drummond, black children belong with black families. Willis definitely has an ear open because he's like, oh, you, wait, you said that? Really? Arnold, you said Mr. Drummond said this. And Arnold's like, he did. What, do you want an instant replay? And Philip clears up the confusion for the boys. Like, yes, I did say that, but you missed the rest of the conversation. And Miss Ainsley is only repeating what her computer told her. She's going based on her computer. Like, hi yay yay Willis is like, look, I mean, hopefully you'll take us back, Mr. Drummond. I'm sorry for that. And it's just so sweet. Of course, Arnold's got to remember to, like, open his ears a little more and, like, uh, keep his mouth shut. <laughs> so, I love Drummond's response. As he says, you know, if you guys would have left, I was going to come with you. Like, oh, that's so sweet. He really does. He cares so much about those boys. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that lady is opinionated. I mean, I get it. It's her job. You know, and Philip even tells Arnold, like, you know, what you did was a natural mistake. I even made the mistake of thinking my father wanted to sell me once. And Arnold's like, how much did he get for you? It turns out, no, our, um, Philip's father was, like, trying to sell a stock or something and kind of misoverheard. This is sweet. I love the Thompsons. Like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And Mrs. Thompson goes, yes. It's very clear to see that these boys b belong here. Love is love. Black or white. Oh, it's so sweet. Olivia, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, baby. It's obvious that these boys belong here. Black or white. It's love that comes. <laughs> Mr. Drummond, I think I will tell my computer to go suck a lemon. Yeah, you do that. I think that the Thompsons have a great attitude about this. It's not like they're angry, like, oh, no, we want the boys with us, or anything like that. I mean, they're like, no, the boys belong here. Clearly... Mr. Drummond loves these boys and they love him. And I like how, like, hey, you know, we got a pool and a dock. If, if you kids ever want to come and hang out, I mean. And I love how Arnold's like, hey, you better leave your name and number with us. And it's just, it's sweet. And, of course, Miss Ainsley is like, you know what? I will tell my computer to suck an egg, Mr. Drummond. <laughs> and that's the episode. It's just, it's, the episode was just built around a simple 
misunderstanding via Arnold. And the lady needs to learn not just to go based on what your computer's statistics are. I mean, come on. This was just, it was such a sweet episode. And I like in season one that we see them getting comfortable with each other and, and everything and getting used to the changes, you know, moving from Harlem to where they are now and, and just adjusting now, I did say I was going to do an episode a month, and I just think right now I don't have a full episode coming out until the 10th, Mother's Day. So I kind of wanted to do a few um, different Strokes episodes. So the next episode I'm going to focus on, of course, is Season 1, Episode 3, entitled Mother's Last Visit. I'm waiting for IMDb to load. Thank you. Okay, so this episode aired on November 17th, 1978. Mr. Drummond's mother arrives for an unscheduled visit and has an adverse reaction to her son's new family situation. So a lot of what you are going to see in the first season, at least in the first few episodes, are going to all be dealing with other people. I mean, Philip and the kids may be, you know, adjusting and they're pretty solid, but it's the outside world that now has opposing thoughts about, you know, they want to throw in their two cents, which it's not really needed, but because also we have prep school where Drummond wants to enroll the boys in his private school where he grew up. And he's going to see quite a bit of opposition there. Now, like I said, I didn't say I was going to go through every single episode, because I'm not. But I'm going to go through a good majority of episodes in season one. All right, so yeah, lesson learned with this episode is just going to be simple. If you're going to eavesdrop, I don't recommend eavesdropping on conversations, because it's just, come on, give people their privacy. Um... But be there for the beginning and the end of the conversation. If you hop in halfway through, you're going to get mixed signals. You're not going to know what's going on. And you're just going to jump to conclusions like Arnold did. Granted, he's actually eight. I thought he was nine. But, uh, you know, it's, it's common for kids to jump to conclusions when they miss hear information and stuff like that. I mean, I did this as a kid, too. As far as if I have a relatable for this episode, I I don't think I really have a relatable for this episode. I had a goldfish, too, actually, that lived for a very short period of time. And by short, I mean maybe a couple weeks <laughs> to a month tops. Yeah, so... All right, everybody, I will be back next week with Mother's Last Visit, Season 1, Episode 3. Bye-bye, everybody.